entrepreneurs, business owners, professionals who seek excellence, bringing the business classroom to you. It's the Business Builders Show. Here's Marty Wolf. We still got a long way to go. Yes, we all got a long way to go. Welcome to the Business Builders Show with Marty Wolf. The show for entrepreneurs, business owners, and business leaders. I'm Marty Wolf, your host for the Business Builders Show, and along with my executive producer, DC Taylor, we will be your guides on this learning journey. Let me tell you my super objective in being with you today. I want to enthusiastically share stories and information to inspire leaders. That's you, by the way, so you can inspire others. My guest with me today via Skype, everything is happening via Skype, Zoom, Teams, etc. is Sean J. Delaney. Hi, Sean. Welcome to the show. Hi, Marty. Thanks for having me. This is going to be a fascinating discussion because I think what we're going to talk about is very topical right now. Let me make this statement before we start the chat with Sean. Um, we are recording this interview in April 2020. The world has been disrupted by the COVID-19 pandemic. We fully expect this discussion to be valuable now and in the future. So, Sean Delaney, welcome to the show again. Let me uh, let me read your. Uh, I won't read the entire bio because it's long and detailed and good. Um, but if you'll allow me, Sean, I'll shorten it up. So, Sean J. Delaney is a disaster slash pandemic mitigation and recovery planning expert who has consulted and worked with Fortune 500 companies for over 20 years. He helps them develop a strategic plan for mitigation and recovery so that their business operations are not completely derailed when a disaster or pandemic hits. Strategic responses and systems to unexpected disasters are the difference between survival and bankruptcy for a Fortune 500 company, and I would think for any company. Sean, it looks like uh, we're very topical today, so welcome again to the show. So I'm going to start this way. Um, a lot of companies are being impacted by this COVID-19, the coronavirus. Yeah. Um, and from what I can see, some of them are absolutely in a state of panic. Why is that happening, I guess? <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, one, it means they're paying attention, I guess. Um. <laughs> <laughs> right answer. <laughs> I, I know. I'd be surprised if they weren't. Um, yeah. <laughs> Got it. You know, most of the companies I talk to, um, whether they have a plan or not, um, in, a, in, a, in a pandemic like this, in a global crisis like this, when something happens that doesn't completely match the plan they have, they say, oh, no, we're unprepared for this. Right. We, we, we planned for a, uh, a fire in the kitchen. And instead, the fire started in the garage. Well, you still need to get out of the house, right? It's still, you had a plan, just maybe mm. not the exact one that, that fits this crisis. This crisis is like, is unlike any other. I'd be very surprised, even with the most forward thinking and the most out of the box thinking companies that they had ever imagined this kind of global disruption to all the supply chains. So that's that's something that happens, and I think it's it's natural um, for that. But but also what I what I try to tell my clients is that when something happens, whether your plan is covered or not, remember that you had a process to come up with the plan that you had. And so mm. 
Go back to that process. You don't need to say, oh, no, see, we were caught unaware because our plan didn't didn't deal with something this bad. We well, you survived H1N1 um, or SARS or MERS or any, or any of those. So this is a bigger dragon than the one you slayed before. But you had a process for how to deal with that. So follow that process now. And as long as you have a good, robust process and you know how to pivot and, and move and make decisions, you'll probably come through this okay. Sean, maybe the question I should have asked is, do a lot of companies not have a process? Um, I would say a lot of companies do not. Yeah. So, so one of the things um, I try to do is I walk people through a more robust planning process than, than they normally undertake on their own. You know, I mean, you know this, Marty, a lot of businesses do, if they do strategic planning, uh, they do it in a box and then they do financial planning in a box and then they do some HR strategic planning in a box. And then maybe they do some risk mitigation over here uh, on a Wednesday when things are slow, (laughs) but they don't do it all together. And I think that causes a lot of problems. Um, yeah, you just nailed it, by the way. <laughs> now, the bigger companies, I'll say the bigger, you know, but most, most small to mid-sized companies, and again, remember a small company is 500 employees or less. That can be a very big company. Yeah. Um, most small mid-sized companies, the words risk management or planning is way down their priority list, especially if they're struggling financially, especially if they're, they're kind of like model, you know, kind of muddling along, if you will. So, but aren't, but aren't some things, so let's pretend for a minute that they do have a process. Mm -hmm. Aren't some things like effective communication part of every process? Uh, You would hope so. Um, (laughs) I can hear you laughing because you you know, it's not always the case. Um, One of the things that happens here too is, Established companies, um, I shouldn't say established, I should say the larger companies, and I don't want to just keep skewing to the larger scale, but but it's easier, to, I think, to start there and then, and then work down to the smaller companies because it does apply everywhere. Um, I think what they forget is, you know, large companies will have an internal communications group and an external or a PR group. Right? They think of their commercials over here. Well, what are we going to tell everybody on TV? And then they think of what are we going to tell our employees over here? And what they forget is, is especially in this day and age, when viral communications are faster than any actual virus, that mm-hmm. when you send people home and say to them internally, well, here's what we want you to do. Here's what we think is the right thing. And then, then, then they think they're going to do a separate message that's all polished up for, for the marketplace. It doesn't happen that way anymore. When you send people home, they're now on, immediately on Facebook or Instagram or tweeting about it saying, this is what our people just told us. This is what my employer just told me. And so the news is going to get out there faster than they can control. And so those decisions that you're making and the way you communicate internally is incredibly important during this kind of this kind of pandemic. Right. Um because, yeah, you're just not going to control that message. People are going to be out there saying, here's what I'm hearing at work. Here's what we're doing. And and that better jive with what you're telling your employ- uh, your customers. Right. Because there's going to be repercussions then if it, well, you're saying one thing over here and you're doing something else over here. That doesn't fly today. Yeah. No matter what size company, um, I yeah. think people tend to forget about 
the message that their employees take home. I think that's such a critical point. Yes. Um, yeah. They're in the parking lot and they're texting <laughs> and they're tweeting <laughs> and they're twittering, whatever that's called. They're, they're sending the stuff out. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. before we go too far, because uh, it's already been very engaging, you have a website. And uh, so tell us what the website is and what's the best way to communicate with you. Yeah, so our website, uh, my website is uh, whatif.com. That's W-H-A-D-I-F. Um, that's how people say it. So yeah. whatif.com. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, what if LLC is my is my company. We do a number of things. We do uh, that more holistic st- strategic planning for companies, which includes pandemic planning and risk mitigation and all that good stuff. We also do a lot of operational work. So we look at your value chain. We look at your supply chains and we streamline operations. So we, I work with companies from the Fortune 500 still all the way down to, to very small companies with only 20 employees. Um, and we look at smooth and that's where you really see the impact of doing some of that smoothing out their operations because a lot of entrepreneurs could potentially work themselves to death uh, if they don't have the right systems and processes in place. And what I try to do is I try to get them their time back uh, by smoothing out operations. So that's that's what we're doing. And the reason I call it what if is because of those kinds of questions that we ask and in that scenario planning and in everything we do is we just push people past their assumptions. We probe everywhere because, as you know, and this is what pandemic and, and recovery planning is all about um, and strategic planning is that you, you're going to make assumptions. And a lot of times it takes somebody from outside to come in, look at your business and say, but is that true? You know, what if that's not true? Or, you know, what if it doesn't take that long to make a widget? Or, you know, yeah. what if your supply chain is completely destroyed? Well, that will never happen. Well, I don't know that I'll get that pushback anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So. So talk to me now. Uh, everybody's hair is on fire right now, to use that phrase. Um, how can you help or what advice would you have uh, if someone were to call you today, um, whatever? I mean, that's an unfair question, I know. But do, do the best you can. Well, what, what are you sharing or what are you posting or what are you telling people right now? What, what, what's the thought, some thoughts that you have on that? So if they're calling me now and they're saying they either – don't have a plan or they do have a plan, but it just isn't cutting the mustard today because mm-hmm. it's just, you know, they, they could never have seen this. Or if they say we're about to close up shop and there's mm-hmm. no way to save it. Uh, you know, what I say to them is, OK, I understand that they're and, and, and I have been getting calls along the way. And it's been an interesting journey here kind because, yeah. you know, the first calls I got were, hey, maybe this is going to be bad for us. What should we do? And then it got to, well, now we can, now we're closing this part of our business. Oh, no, now we're completely shut down. And as it got worse, you know, the calls got more frantic. But, um, you know, and now, and now we are where we are. And, and in some industries, you, there's not a whole lot you can say. It's sort of that bad. But yeah. what yeah. I say is, you know, what I say is for some of this, it's, you know, for a little while we were treading water, but it's it comes down to for me how well you can pivot. Okay, so there's two ways. There's two ways I coach people through this. I say you have to rethink either what you have that can no longer be used for its original intended purpose and how that might serve another need, mm-hmm. or um, rethink what your value to the end customer was. 
and how you can serve that need in a different way. And mm-hmm. so, so I'll give you two specific examples of that. So, so airlines, right? We know that they went from flights all day, every day to limited flights to now barely any planes sitting on the runway. What can they do? Okay, well, so there I would say, well, you have planes. That's the asset you have that you can't use in the way you used to use them. So now can you deliver packages? Can you fly medical supplies places? Can you, right? Uh, and if you're a manufacturer of planes, and now we're actually seeing this, can, are there other things you can make like ventilators? Okay, so that's, that's that pivot. The other pivot is I had someone, um, I had a client recently who has a number of salons. And she said, well, that's it. I mean, no one's going to be coming in and I don't have the cash reserves to stay open through this. So, you know, even if I get some of this government money, I, it's just not going to come fast enough or large enough. And I'm, I'm, I just have to close. And I said, well, that, what if that's not true? Okay. What do you actually give your customers? She said, well, they have to, they have to come in and get haircuts. I said, but do they? Yes. That's how I give haircuts. How else could I do that? I can't go to them and they can't come to me. I said, well, but what is the, what is the real value? They get their haircut. So could you do a series of videos that say, look, in this pandemic, you can't come in and get a haircut, but everybody's hair is still growing. The need's still there. So I'm going to sell a package of videos on how to cut kids' hair, how to cut your wife's hair, how to cut your husband's hair. And I'm going to, and I'm going to get another, a number of shears and capes and, and scissor packages. And I'm going to have those available for the, for the up, uh, the upgrade to, to the purchase. And I'm going to have a 20% markup on those. And also, then I'm going to give uh, videos on how to give your wife a pedicure because we all know everybody's locked in the house and husbands and wives are at each other's throats. Um, <laughs> I can, can uh, you know, so she gives pedicure, pedicures and manicures. Can you sell a course to husbands who want to know how to do that for their wives at home? She ended up creating a, an entirely new value stream for herself. Now, is it going to replace people coming in and get, getting haircuts? No, it's probably it's probably not going to reach that level, but it is money coming in. She is able to keep some of her salons open now. She's able to give some money to her employees because she's having them film some of the videos at home. And she's getting way more advertising for her business. And on top of that, you know, I said, you're not even going to replace yourself because this was one of the funny things. She said, but with these videos, they're never going to be able to do it like I can. I said, exactly right. So as soon as this is over and people can go yeah. back and get a haircut, they will come back to you. Those were two great examples. I love both of them. My guest on the Business Builder Show is Sean J. Delaney. His first name is S-E-A-N-J dot Delaney, D-E-L-A-N-E-Y. Sean J. Delaney. You can find him on LinkedIn. His website is what if, and it's W-H-A-D-I-F dot com. Uh, fascinating, fascinating discussion. Great, great. You know, and that pivoting thing is really, if you were, if you were kind of downtrodden behind, you know, before all this, you're really going to suffer. If you're a positive thinker and you're willing to think uh, of pivoting and you're willing to take advice from others, you, you can probably, probably do okay. And I also have clients who are, who are doing well. They're struggling, but they're doing well. Yeah. So, um, so I see in my notes here, that you mentioned Navy SEALs and how they handle a crisis. So what can we learn from that? What have you learned or what can you share with us on how Navy SEALs 
handle a crisis? Yeah, I had a um, I had a boss uh, who now has become a great friend of mine, and we even even worked together on some projects. He's an ex Navy SEAL, and his response to every crisis that he ever uh, um, came across was good. It's the first word he'd say. Good. Yeah. Now let's do something about it. And and in talking to him about that, he said, yeah, I picked that up as a Navy SEAL. It's how we're trained to handle every crisis. You'd say, uh, well, a bunch of hostages got taken. Good. How do we get them out? Or well, they came across a ticking bomb. Good. How do we defuse this thing before it goes off and hurts anybody? So um, what he said was that that would move you past the woe is me mentality, the, the lamenting the fact that that things have changed. Things are out of my control. There was nothing I could do. No, this gets you on that path a lot faster. Um, you could cut weeks of time out of, out of um, you know, the, the simmering in the facts as they are before you start to take action, which could, could mean a lot to especially a small business. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's one of the things I tell my clients all the time. They'll say, well, this is what's happened. It's all doom and gloom. I say, good. Now, how do we how do we pivot here and how do we make the best of this and how do we come out stronger on the other side? Because I really do think that it's the companies that can pivot in a crisis that earn the respect and loyalty of consumers. Dead on. Matter of fact, um, we we're kind of saying it. and Maybe I've flat out said it, that there are some businesses who will actually. I don't use the word better off. That's bad phraseology, maybe. But they might be come out of this even stronger. And actually, again, looking at the notes um, that you've shared with me, that there are in some cases, and you coach people through this, I guess, that sometimes uh, they react to this, companies react to this, and some folks may actually see an opportunity to invest in something. And I guess you can kind of help people, uh, help companies you know, get the call from new investors. Like, explain that to me. Like, what what do you mean by that? Yeah, and so so um, you know, right now. So here's the way I think about it. When um, companies, uh, you, you you nailed it with companies coming out stronger on the other side. You know, as the you know the old expression, necessity is the mother of invention, right? So when companies now are have their backs against the wall, it's the ones that find a way to pivot and and shore up their supply chains, make sure that this kind of thing isn't going to impact them again in the future. It, it makes them fireproof their business in many ways that they never would have before. You said it at the beginning of, of, of the interview that um, uh, some of this stuff is very far down mm-hmm. the priority list for companies. Now they're forced right. to do it and they're forced to do it to a degree they never would have before. Correct. So they come out stronger they and and but through this they might get new revenue streams but also they're going to get they're going to win over new customers if you never bought a jersey mike's sub let's say okay and that's i don't know if that's just a regional uh chain but there is here in new jersey a sub chain that that is called jersey mike's they were one of the first commercials i saw way back uh, that was talking about, here's how we're preparing for this if things do get bad. We're, this is how we clean our facilities. This is how we have contactless um, mm-hmm. uh, deliveries. All the things that they were doing. Well, I didn't hear anything from their competitors for quite some time. I think mm-hmm. in the future, if I'm going to buy a sub, it's going to be from them. You know, Domino's Pizza, right? Yeah, I'm with you. So, contactless delivery, right? That's right. Yeah. yeah, no, I'm Almost with you. Contactless delivery, and yet I, I tried to support my local deliver uh, pizza place around the corner, and they showed up, no gloves, no mask, 
I had to, they handed me a pen that the guy pulled out of his pocket. You know, I, I could say he coughed on it before he handed him just a, a worse picture, but. <laughs> so you gave him 50 bucks and said, get out of here. Right? <laughs> exactly. Right. I stuck it through the mail slot and said, would you get off my yard? So. Uh, yeah. Well, hey, this is great advice. Here, here's where I want to go next because yeah. you brought it up and it made me think of this. Um, yeah, there's companies who aren't managing this well. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a need for reputation management for some of these companies. Am I right or am I wrong? What do you think? Oh, no, absolutely. Absolutely. There, I mean, and I don't even know where you start. Hey, I know we completely dropped the ball with that, but we make a really good car. <laughs> I mean, I just, you know, they are going to have to do some scrambling. And um, it's sort of like they did, if they didn't handle it well on the way down, they're going to have to handle it doubly well on the way up. Right? They can't tout what they did uh, early on to, to get ahead of things. And so they're going to have to do something that shows some kind of loyalty to their to their customers. You can't just come out and say, hey, we survived. And no. so we're still here. So come back. They're yes. going to have to say when the whole world was hurting, here's what we did. Here's the kind of company we proved ourselves to be. Yeah. And if, they're, if they're not doing that, I, you know, it's a tough sell on the on the way back up. The folks who think positively, I'll use the word aggressively in a, in a good way, mm-hmm. um, think not just tomorrow, but think, well, you know, six months from now, what is this going to look like? Mm-hmm. Um, I, too, have several clients. I do a lot of work in the HVAC space, and mm-hmm. it's amazing to me how creative I'd like to think I contribute a little bit, but there's some some of my clients are coming back to me and saying, we want to try this. What do you think? I said, I'm stealing that idea. That's brilliant. <laughs> I'm writing that down. That's fantastic. You know, they're doing video. They're doing all kinds of different stuff. They're really paying attention to, to their reputation, to managing their reputation during this whole thing. And they've really done a good job. This has been a fascinating discussion so folks uh again sean j delaney you can find him on linkedin i would suggest you connect with him his website is what if that's w-h-a-d-i-f what if.com uh he has uh clearly demonstrated that he knows what he's doing in disaster and pandemic situations so let's wrap up sean what didn't i ask you or what point do you want to drive home before we uh, finish up uh, you know, I, I think that the last thing I would say is there's another opportunity here for small businesses to benefit. I, I, again, I hesitate to say benefit, but benefit uh, from this yeah. uh, in that big businesses right now are going to have some gaps that they can't fill. Um, and you might have been somebody who could have been a supplier to one of these big companies and you were pushed out by another large company. And so they had no room for you. They're going to start to try to diversify suppliers. And this is a great opportunity to make that pitch again to say, hey, I'm still here and I still have a a warehouse of a number five widget. I could still be one of your suppliers. And in the future, when your supply chain is crippled like it is now, you know, I'm around the corner and I could get these parts to you. So I think as I think that small businesses especially are, are more nimble can pivot faster, and as long as they are thinking about the value they're providing to the end consumer or to a whole different consumer, that's where they're going to be able to, to, to come out stronger on the other side of this and open up new markets for themselves and, and benefit from this. 
Wow, that was solid. I wrote that one. I'm stealing that one, too. (laughs) (laughs) That was solid. So I'll steal into the sense that I'll share this with everybody I possibly can. Great, great conversation. Sean Delaney, thank you so much for being a guest on the Business Builder Show. Thank you for having me. This was great. Bringing the business classroom to you. It's the Business Builder Show with Marty Wolf. 